that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Ciao Paisani and greetings from the heart of Italian America. We are coming to you live and uncut from the corner of Mulberry and Grand, the Times Square of Italian America, here in the middle of Manhattan's Little Italy during the greatest 10 days you could ever ask for, the Feast of All Feasts, the Feast of San Gennaro. I'm John Viola, joined by my partners in crime, the notorious P.O.B. Patrick O'Boyle and the Belle of Bensonhurst, Ms. Rosella Rago. You won, I lost. Why? Because you got me here. I did get you here. I'm actually, listen, it's beautiful. It's a, it's, 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 a, what do you call these things? Not nuts and bolts. Brick and mortar. Brick and mortar. It's down to the studs. It's right? down to the studs, yeah. It's down to the studs, but it's an absolutely beautiful thing. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to do it, but I actually agree now that John was 1000% right. He wow. has an intrinsic, I always give you credit you when do you're it. right. Thank you, yeah. He has an intrinsic, um, what's the word I'm looking for? An intrinsic, it's an instinct, right? Because now that I'm sitting here and I see this this Macy's window, there's a level of street traffic engagement, particular to New York. Granted, it's the fees going on, that I see how this could really work. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. So I came in happily because I'm I am a loyal soldier. You I are. follow orders. You're you can tell best. me to stand, and I came in. Wait till you're in the window, Patrick. Are you going to do like the, the clown dunking? <laughs> Throw the ball. And, dunk and to Ro's credit, Ro brought cookies and Ro brought my favorite cookie. She did, right? What'd you get, Ro? I got I brought some uh some lemon drops, some uh some savoyardi, some sesame see, seed cookies. You're not really savoyardi. That's my okay, argument. Okay, all right. No, because in Agrigento, they oh, make Jesus. them. Oh, Jesus. No, there's a reason. You try and do something nice to Patrick. <laughs> you get a lesson. No, I, I'm, it's the, in Agrigento, they're called Jamelle. And okay. there was Even, a bakery that recently closed Montreal in Jersey City, which is a heartbreak for me. That was the rum cake capital of America. Every cake in my life was a rum cake from Montreal. And my grandmother, when she would go to the arthritis doctor, always brought me home those cookies. Uh-huh. But that was my breakfast morning cookie dunked in milk. Now, Dr. Teresa, who's a listener, used to make them. I used to get them. Hers were bakery quality. I don't get them from the doctor anymore, but that's on her. <laughs> that should be her embarrassment the doctor. because I got them and then they just stopped coming. But, you know, doctors are doctors. But even, right. even the sesame cookies, they call them Jujulena. They call them Reginella cookies. You know, they go by different names. You got to sure, relax but, a little but bit. My, my, no, no. And Pat is also, you guys can't see this, but Pat is saving the string from, I'm watching the, that. from the bakery box. He's unraveling it. This was my childhood job whenever we got stuff from Montalones. And he's going to use it to, to, to tie brush To tie brush and, and the red ink in here will kill all of us. But <laughs> my, my grandmother would give me the job of taking, because I had young, nimble fingers. She had arthritis. You still fingers. do. You still have very delicate, nimble fingers. I do. I, I, have, I got girly wrists. I must yeah. say, you do. You have beautiful hands. Have, Michelangelo. You know George Costanza. I, I was always good. Yeah. I was good at sewing. Like I would really? have to sew something. I say, yeah, you're good at this. But. Da Vinci would have made sketches of your hands. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Thank you. I could become a hand model. <laughs> it's like, like George. A, that's like the Seinfeld yeah, episode. Yes. <laughs> you're our George, <laughs> Patrick. Nothing annoys me like when people cut bakery string. Because there's many brajols you could make out of that bakery string. Is that bad luck? I don't know. I, my whole life, and I would wrap it around. Jersey City used to manufacture Dixon Ticonderoga pencils yes, in sir. downtown Jersey City. And every Italian person worked, had somebody who worked there. So when I was a kid in Queen of Peace in North Arlington, there were some of us who never had to buy a pencil because we had an aunt or something that gave us cases that they would, use, uh, would fall off the back of the truck and Dixon Ticonderoga. <laughs> yep. Jersey City still makes pencils. Really? There's a artistic pencil. I think it was called Capital. They are still, there's one company, Jersey City was a pencil making, that was their thing. There's still one company that, and it's like for high-end sketches and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So the reason I'm saying that is that I would have to take the bakery string, which is I have now untangled, right? And I would have to wrap the bakery string, the red and white bakery string around a pencil. Absolutely. And then you'd have to, like, for, you would take the string from the last one that was on, you would tie it and wrap it. Yep. And that was my grandma's brush old string. We still save string. As a matter of fact, we, in my house now, when we moved, all the bakery string we get is wrapped. It's not around a pencil. It's wrapped around a chopstick from a Chinese place because you can open up the you know space in between the chopsticks and stick the string in, and it holds it, and then you wrap it around. Brilliant. That's, that's our yeah. That's our modern. Don't adaptation. cats play with string? 
Yes, I think they I do. Never had a I never None had of a us cat. have cats. No. We're not Person? cat people. I'm allergic. No. I don't have a cat. I... Every time you cut a bakery string, a brujol comes out bad. <laughs> <laughs> you ruin a brujol. Yes. My question is, is this food grade red ink? No. Oh. No possible way you know, that Pat- that's supposed to be boiled. Patrick, and- I brought you cookies to make you happy. You got to complain about the string? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I didn't say that. I you got to a good observation. I mean, the cookies like they're M&M's. Who loves you? Because John is very disciplined. He's not. My brother's here just hanging out. He's not eating the cookies. Roselle loves me. John Frado, our guest, is not eating the cookies, but they put the cookies in front of me, but I don't want the cookies to go, oh, look, I did it. You're Can rap- we do this as a gift? You know, on only, you know, on you know, like all those those uh, people on OnlyFans and stuff sell their Mudanda <laughs> stuff like that. Pat's OnlyFans. We're gonna sell. Only we're gonna sell bakery string. We'll do it for charity. We'll do it for the Italian American Welfare League. And you could have a, a roll of our bakery <laughs> Use string. Bakery string. If you, if you die from the red ink when you make your brush, well, I fault. can't help you. No, nope. I can't help you. It's buyer beware. Look at how nice this is. Pat was. won't send his admirers like a lock of his hair, but he'll send them a bakery <laughs> string. Because this has this is practical. Look at this. When we open the store in this very space that we're in right now, I should look we should one. have uh, oh the bakery God. string for sale. You could buy it like by the yard. No, no Italians can pay for that. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? You get it at the bakery. They'll be all clipping it. It'll all be, <laughs> right, no be taking it as we the go. The Norwegians will pay. No, no, the Norwegians will pay through the nose. <laughs> The Norwegians will pay through the nose. Yeah, that's true. Authentic Italian bread roll string. You could sell it in like William Sonoma. <laughs> That'd be the roll. Get re- <laughs> $25 real, yeah, a roll. <laughs> real string. You know, we're here as we, we're going to break ground the day after the feast here. So it's the last time we'll record in here for a while. We're going to have a ceremony? Oh, we should we should bury like a time capsule. Time capsule. Oh. The Italian <laughs> Tribune. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a- all the feast stuff. <laughs> A we feast could, t-shirt. A Unico. Unico has those uh, calendars they put out every year. Yes, the time. we should. We could put, and we could have Ralph Contini come in with the calendar. We could have a ceremony. Yeah, a keychain. We could have Marion and Buddy yeah. come with the with the newspaper. We'll Your put, bakery string. We'll, we'll, bakery we'll string. petrify a cannoli from Ferraris. We do the whole thing. It'd be perfect. Yeah. But it is. It well, is I'm serious about this. this we is really not, are. This is not I know fun. you are. We really are like the kids from the Sandlot. Yes, or this is our clubhouse now. Sandlot? You never saw that movie? The movie. Oh, it's a great movie. Is that Pat, a you would, movie you would love that. Old? No, no. Our, you our, know, early Rose 90s. Yeah. You'd love that movie. Yeah. When movies were good. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's about a bunch of kids playing baseball in the 60s. It's a really, really heartwarming movie. But they actually, they one of the scenes in there, you, you bring up the Sandlot, they celebrate 4th of July, big fun fair and festival at night, all the fireworks. And sitting here in the middle of this, uh, really, this crossroads of Italian America at Mulberry and Grand, and you could see all the street lights up the feast decorations the rides are here the booths are here and we recorded last weekend we came on sunday unfortunately we had some technical issues with the recording but we did a live version of the podcast on the feast stage which was the first time we've ever done that and we hosted the first ever italian american karaoke night at san Gennaro. and i don't know about you guys but i thought it was a great success oh they they if didn't we, want to go home yeah. in the rain they they kept saying yeah true if we had promoted it on the podcast it would have been like Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. but it w- it was it was very successful. I mean, oh, we sure, had to we would have had team. We would have had we would have had people going all the way down to Canal Street. We had uh, I'm not Ste- uh, Stephanie Yanotti would have would have showed up. <laughs> yeah, <she's laughs> done a number with her. Well, and the reason that we were able what to would do, she have sung? Ooh. Great question, Stephanie. If, well, now we're going to know if you really listen or not. Yeah, <laughs> if you do listen, if you do listen, message me what you would have said. <laughs> What's true. your top karaoke? Do you make, if we do it next year, you want to make her the 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 first one to go up there? We should. Yeah, we should. Any Stephanie, of our listeners, there, especially our new neighbors, they want to come I out. Just, I thought it. Was, I mean, we had a hard stop at nine p.m. because yeah. of the city of New mm-hmm. York, but it started pouring rain. Nobody left. No. Everybody was getting it. We and we ended with a list of people that didn't get to sing. Yeah, I think like we had like forty or fifty people. That, oh, and had can that I many just yeah. can Watch. we have a moment for John's ensemble? <laughs> like that feast outfit <laughs> was you. a feast for the eyes. Thank you very much. Yeah, you have to take us through where you sourced all those. But didn't pieces. Nicole put that outfit together? <laughs> I think that was a Nicole's. I, I sent her, I sent her a picture of you and she was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so my official feast outfit, which I've been accumulating over all the years that I've been doing these things around the country. I've got a Italian tricolor tie that I got off of eBay years ago. I've got uh, cheap green dress slacks from China, but like really green. A bright red jacket uh, made in Italy, but sourced off of eBay as well. I've got my red, white, and green sneakers that I got when we were in Westfield, which apparently they don't sell anymore. I've got my red, white, and green official pom-pom feast hat, which Ernie Rossi gave me and a prototype that his dad made, so it's a little bit bigger and more grand than the other ones. Uh, 
I have my red, white, and green eyeglasses, which I had to have custom made. And finally, the last piece I needed to make sure everything I had on was red, white, and green, Ernie dug up about a dozen tricolor belts from 1985, and uh, I bought two of them just in case. And yeah, so everything I wear is red, white, and green. It's very, very loud. I couldn't think of, I couldn't imagine a better master of ceremonies <laughs> Thank for you very Italian much. American carry. You looked like a cartoon in the best way possible. I'm becoming the cartoon. People used to complain to me that when I drew these, because like, how do you draw like a stereotypical Italian American person, right? So I always saw that feast hat. Did you see him at the feast a lot? Those red, white, and green with the pom pom. And I said, okay, this is to me the Italian American hat, right? So I draw that, and then I would draw a guy that kind of looked like me with a mustache. And people would say, oh, it's stereotypical to have a mustache. So I think in reaction, I just grew a mustache, and I think I became that cartoon character that I draw. I think that's what's happened to me. That yes, is the deepest did. thing we've ever. <laughs> I done think here. I really have. You became. My caricature. That's that's like a short on PBS. <laughs> I, th- like, I know, think we all film do that. Festival. Yeah, we all do that. I think we all do that, yeah. you know? Yeah, you become the character you project. And, you know, I want to make sure we, first and foremost, introduce our guest, but also give him a great shout-out because the reason that we're able to do any of this stuff at the Feast, because none of us is from this neighborhood, and if you're a listener who really understands Italian America, you understand that no matter the changes that our Italian enclaves face, we're still a neighborhood-based people. We're very tribal, and it's hard to crack in in a place that you don't come from. But we have an amazing ambassador. He's a knight of the Constantine Order with us. He's become a great friend, and really, he's the man who represents us and gives us entree into all this. And so he's here with us, uh, not just as our friend, but also as one of the leaders of the Fili di San Gennaro, which is the organization that puts on this amazing feast. Really, it is the feast of all feasts. So John Frada's here. John, thank you not only for everything you've done to welcome us here, integrate us here, but also for coming out today to hang out with us. It's, it's great to have you here. Thank you. We tried to bring more and more people, Italians, to this area. Uh, you know, we keep on saying whether there's one Italian left here or five million, this is still the place where I would say just about every Italian in America stepped foot first yep. when they got here. And that's why it's, so, uh, it's of historical significance to the Italian-American community. But, uh, you know, we've seen the changes, and as a, a person born around here, fourth generation, uh, it hurts when you see what happened to it. But it was something that was going to happen. You know, Italians got more uh, affluent, and they decided they didn't want to live in, uh, in the tenements anymore. And uh, they moved out. But, you know, the beauty is when we lived here, everybody was poor, basically, or just about making it check to check. We didn't know any better because we were all the same. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the building I was born in had the toilet in the hallway. Wow. And we shared it with our neighbors. Yeah. Uh, But they weren't our neighbors. We were like family because because of that. Uh, Then I graduated to a building with a bath and a shower and everything. Wow. Um, But I think the hardest part for me in my life was moving out. Uh, And I only moved about 10 minutes away. Yeah. But it's either that or get divorced because, uh, <laughs> you know, my wife was really getting upset with the area. Kids couldn't play like they used to with the waiters. And uh, so it was time to move. But I'm here constantly. And, and we're still fighting to keep this neighborhood going. Uh, right now, we're trying to get as many Italian names on our lamppost as we can. Yeah. So hopefully in the spring, we're going to be co-naming this corner uh, Vincent Vinnie Peanut Sorelli Sapatino ah, nice. corner. The community board just approved it. The next thing I want to do is we had a, a neighborhood person who got killed in Vietnam, Frank Vallone. I want to get something up for him. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're doing it, but, you know, the merchants are trying their best to keep this neighborhood going. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard. You know, dealing, look, I love Italians, I love our Italian American community. But dealing with Italians, you want to shoot yourself in the head five <laughs> amen. times. Yeah. Amen, brother. Do I hear an amen? Because <laughs> they are. The struggle. They, you know, they, they, they don't look to the future. They only look for today. Yeah. And really what started the deterioration of Little Italy was Robert Moses. He should have died years ago before. <laughs> but, uh, Do I hear another yeah, amen? Rest yeah. in peace. <laughs> I mean, Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. When he was planning the highway that was going to go through Little Italy, most of the Italians that owned the properties sold them because yeah. they knew you didn't fight City Hall. Yeah. 
and uh, they sold their property to people that they thought was stupid. And those were the Asian immigrants that came in. And they were smarter than the Italians, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But they didn't realize we had a secret weapon. We had Louis de Salvio, who was our assemblyman. And here's a man that didn't graduate high school. And he was the dean of the assembly. He was in for wow. 37 years. Wow. And he fought Robert Moses with Jane Jacobs and beat them from putting this highway over here. So, uh, you know, but then again, people started moving out. Uh, the city basically closed their eyes to this community. Yeah. They didn't do anything to make it better. Uh, they took our James Center away, which was on the corner of Elizabeth and Hester, which was a beautiful facility, seven floors of all, uh, of all things for the kids, basketball and everything else. So when that was gone, again, that was another reason to leave. The kids were in the street. Yeah. But, you know, we were in the street, but believe me, we were safe. Yeah, it's like uh, I mean, the neighborhoods we all came yeah. from. You know, everybody knew everybody. Everybody monitored. Yeah. You re really are, like, related to so many people, even if it's of not course. through blood. Yeah. And Pat said it the other night when we were on stage, you know. He coined a great term. This is the Plymouth Rock of Italian America, this neighborhood, right? right. Most, you know, New York, New Jersey, tri-state area immigration comes right out of here. And right. uh, it means a lot to every. I mean, you know, we're down the block on Grand Street, right? And, you know, we spend a lot of time here because – uh, Ernie Rossi and company is a store that we hang out in. And it's one of the last real purveyors of right. anything Italian American, you know, you could find, but around the corner there, you got Ferrara bakery from 1892. And the next door is this little plaque that nobody, I don't think picks up on, but it's on this block that the sons of Italy was founded Absolutely. in 1905. And you're a leader in the sons of Italy as yeah. well. Yeah. Th that means a lot to this country. Cause that, that organization for a hundred and almost 20 years, yeah. You know, it's the first. Yeah. Yeah, we had the street co-named over there for that also. So, uh, but, you know, again, growing up around here, my son probably remembers the tail end, but our grandkids will never know what this neighborhood was. I mean, uh, you know, it was a neighborhood that took care of itself. And I always say this. I tell this to all my friends that aren't Italian. You know, if you want to live in a safe neighborhood, you got to take care of it. Yeah. And you have to watch out. If you see somebody, you have to get involved. Yeah. And we did that over here. You know, uh, we took care of our neighborhood. Sometimes we took care of it too well. Yeah. <laughs> but we true. had to do what we had to do to protect it. And people knew not to come around here to rob or to do anything stupid because they would pray for the police. <laughs> so it's uh, like how it was in East Harlem too. Yeah. I've in heard East a lot of these stories. All Italian neighborhoods yeah. were like that. Yeah. You know, we were, we were territorial Yeah. and this was our neighborhood and uh, we weren't going to let anybody it, hurt us. It goes back to the Baez. Yeah. We're, we're not a country. We're not a nation. We're a patchwork of Baez. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your nationality is the town Yeah. and the towns, you, you, you sold them together into a region and the region into a, you know, to a nation. You know? Yep. And, I think the number one, I think there's a lot of stuff that Italian Americans never been to Italy or they've only done the touristy stuff like Florence and Rome don't understand. I think the Baez as a concept is the strongest part because everyone's intermarried. You go back far enough, we're all related. So it's really a bigger family, right? You will go out for them. Some people you can't stand like family members, some people you love, you know, and you share the, share the same traditions and the same way of life and the same recipes. And, and we transported that here. Yeah. That's why if you talk to any sociologist, the Italians and any of the big urban cities, right, either in the Rust Belt or on the East Coast or at, at all the, the subregions of American cities, we're always the last community to leave. Yes. Yeah. We're always the last one to give up the Alamo. Mm -hmm. And it's usually under dire circumstances. Yep. Yeah. Right? And I think that that's a direct translation of the bias to the neighborhood. When we say neighborhood here, we really should say bias. You're absolutely right. And it speaks to why it's so nice for us to be here during this week, because the 10 days of the Feast of San Gennaro, you know, we all say, the feast of all feasts. And I think the thing about it is, if you take that model of the neighborhood as an Italian paese, what's the high holiday other than Christmas? Patronal feast. The patronal feast. Christmas, feast. Easter, and the patronal feast. And here, in a neighborhood that had a significant Neapolitan population, right, which is a an, an ancient and devout devotion to San Gennaro. It transplants here. And the first feast is what, 1926? 26. 26. Yeah. So we're 97 years this year. Yeah. And 
this is a holiday. You know, and you see it in New Orleans with St. Joseph's Day. You see it in a lot of communities. And Boston has, you know, a bunch of these feasts. Not just a feast like it's a civic festival or um, an excuse to have a street fair. This right. there's a devotion here. Yeah. I mean, I was out of the city last night, but Pat, you were here, and John, obviously, you were here to march with the saint because yesterday was the actual holiday. And it's unfortunately for me to miss it because as much as I love the festival atmosphere and the stage and the shows and the parade, the best thing about this is the procession. Yeah. It's through the nighttime. It's devout. There's a beautiful mass. And people really, it means something to people. You know, this is... this. See, is, I, I think the issue we have, and this is just, I hate when we're put in a box like we're entertainers. I don't know the word I want to use. I, I, don't know it's, I don't know what I would pick as the... Uh, when we're parodied almost, mm-hmm. right? So I find that um, because we're in Manhattan, we get tour. Not only, we get tours from all over the world, right? This is this is an adult Disney world, right? Yeah. And I just feel that they don't get the feast, right? So there's a difference between a feast and a festival, right? right? So they see this as a, a festival, and they want to see um, cafoneria because yeah. that's what they view us as. Many of them see us as that. And um, they want to see a spaghetti eating contest and a hairy person, and, hey, you know, uh, like, a, like a, uh, a snapshot from Tony and Tina's wedding. Right. Right. But the thing that I find the worst about that is that the procession and many processions in Italy, San, Gen- San Gennaro as a saint in Naples is truly revered. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because Naples has a big problem. It's sitting on a volcano. Right. Yep. right? And if, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, the people in Naples, an atheist in Naples still believes San Gennaro is keeping his finger on that Suvius. And yeah. that's true. That's <laughs> yeah, not yeah. exactly You're right. Yeah. You know, a Neapolitan atheist believes in the Maloikian San Gennaro. There's no one in Naples who's going to discount those yes. two things. And Maradona. And, and Maradona, right. And, and the fact that the procession, well, everything when the blood liquefies, in it, I mean, John and I were actually there. Do you want to hear the luck that I have? <laughs> we go to, a, I waited my whole life to be, because we got juice now. So I'm basically in the front court with the Bourbon princess, yep. right? A, a, a princess royal, right? Yep. Sister of who would have been king of the two Sicilies. We're in the deputation knows us in Naples. So I'm at the front line. I'm at the, I would you say, I was on the 50-yard line. In like the royal deputation. Yes, Sunday exactly. Yeah. To see San Gennad's blood get liquefied. And the archbishop pulls up the vial and nothing happens. <laughs> it was the one non-miracle. Every like, like hundred years, it doesn't liquefy. And John, like it's and and COVID hit after and that. COVID by hit the way. and everybody's there. Yeah. And it's not liquefied. But yeah. it did liquefy. Me and John, like, all right, we're here for two hours. Let's go have lunch, right? We walk out of the church, all of a sudden it liquefies. Yeah, it's true. It's but a, that's my it, that's it was, how I luck in life, yeah. right? Yeah. But if you're there, like the people in Naples really do pay attention. Oh, yeah. Especially after the Arpino earthquake, because when the Arpino earthquake hit 1980, November 1980, that's September 19th, the blood did not liquefy right. at yep. all. That's right. And a lot of people who were skeptical in a Neapolitan skeptical mind, that reinforced it. But the reason I'm saying is that San Gennaro really is a religious devotion yeah. in Naples. Yeah. And even throughout Campania in, in, in levels. And so when it comes here and people are like, oh, like, when they look at it, like, um, it's almost like, oh, look, it's just like the Godfather. Right. The disconnect between us and them gets a little bit profound. Yeah. And that's one of the things that bothers me here. You that know, makes sense. You, you're talking about the sort of stereotype or the parody that people are waiting for. And two things really stick out to me this year. And one of them is we've been doing the parade for a couple of years. And I thought even before COVID, this was the biggest crowd I've seen for the parade. This was, is one of the yeah. biggest crowds I've seen for the it, feast. It was impossible yeah. to move yeah. through the, the parade was amazing. And people were into it. They were on all the corners, every cross street, you know, because it's not like a parade down Fifth Avenue for Columbus Day where you're cornered off with, uh, you know, a bicycle stance right. and stuff. You're in the neighborhood and like you, you can stick your arm out the float and touch the people mm-hmm. eating on the corner or the stands, the booths. But when you get to the crossroads, Usually there'd be like a nice little crowd. This year it was packed yeah. and people were going crazy. But another great development is, and John, I think you were instrumental in this, so I want to hear about it. Pat's been advocating for years that feasts around the country do away with these eating contests. And this year you guys did. Yeah. What was behind that? Well, again, I felt it wasn't, uh, it didn't show a positive uh, a positive image of Italian Americans. We're not Gavones. Yeah, we don't eat like that. And uh, although it does bring a lot of people in, we felt it just 
doesn't belong in this feast. You want to do that, go to Coney Allen, watch the Frankfurt contest. Yeah. We don't need that here. Uh, we did get a lot of flack yeah. uh, from some people who were upset, especially the ones that like to be the contestants. <laughs> but uh, to me, this is the Feast of St. Gennaro, and this isn't Coney Allen. Yeah. And that's why we said, let's just do away with it. Uh, I mean, even Ernie Lapori, he, he was quoted, and he said, look, he said, I have to make 400 cannolis. And to watch these people, they're puking all over the oh, place. Gosh. He said, it's just, it's disgusting. It's, it's not disgusting. signified. And, no, yeah, it really was. It, 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 didn't, it, it brought down the image of our feast, I felt. Yeah. And what would they win? What $100. $100. $100 to get sick. Can I make a note of this, though? I want Something I want to bring attention to this. And I wouldn't have said it because I've been years campaigning. This has to go. The person, and I'm not mentioning any names, who advocated for this was not Italian-American. Absolutely. And they didn't get us. Yeah. And when they came in and said, I'm going to give you all these tricks and we're going to blow the feast up. And something that was totally against us, right? Mm -hmm. People of dignity to eat like animals. Right. We drank their Kool-Aid. And to me, justice happened this year because that guy, I think, gave a lot of things that he thought were going to that he he molded us into a parody. Yeah. Right. A really bad Saturday Night Live script. And he turned the feast into a parody festival. A lot of the things that he wanted to do. And I think the top of it was the uh, the, the eating contests. Mm -hmm. And I think that the fact that this person was not Italian-American did not recognize a how people unfairly turned this kind of parody this this into into a, a stereotype right yeah. which is inaccurate how it's against everything we are because it's so undignified yeah right, right. because this person was just looking for how we make more money on this yeah i mean we could have strippers walking around i mean you want i mean there's a lot <laughs> right. of things right? exactly you yeah. could have like you know people swinging off a of trapeze like you know yeah. there's a lot of different things that you could have to make money do you want that part of what this is right. so that's why i want to compliment i am so so happy that you guys did that because i think it is the number one turning point to bringing this where it should be is restoring our dignity. Yeah. 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 And I, I have some people on the board that still feel we should bring it back because it does generate a lot of people. Yeah. But instead but, of that, why yeah. can't you guys have like, you know, some, a few people from the, like judge the best meatball or something. Right. right. Yeah. You know, it's funny you said that because at the, uh, at the Gilio feast in East Harlem, I was asked to be a judge now, I thought that they were going to do this eating, a meatball eating contest the way we do it here. So I'm over there, and they give me a meatball. And I thought they were just giving it to me because I'm as a judge. And I'm <laughs> waiting for the contestants. Then they give me a second one. <laughs> then I realized I had to pick which meatball was the best. That's very anti That's how they it's very it. against our Italianists to, to name a winner, too. You know what I mean? We have to be very politically yeah. correct about whose meatballs. Like, can you imagine? And both were friends that made the meatballs. Oh, that's rough. I wouldn't want to be in that position. Now, the, I, well, the Giulio did a cannoli contest this year, and it was all the bakeries. Yeah. You know, and that that was pandemonium. I mean, I would rather it's have gotta be nothing. controversial. I would yeah. rather see it all end than yeah. we lose our dignity. Yeah, because there's no price to our dignity. Yeah, but there's nothing there's more no Italian than comparing my cannoli. Yeah, that's, to that's, 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 that's a different. That's the most Italian contest we could have. That's a different animal. That's a different animal. Yeah. Yeah. A different animal. But you know what'll happen? Somebody will lose that contest, and then they'll start a new feast. It'll be the new feast of San Gennaro next year. And this, you know, this cannoli place is putting on because we don't like to come in second place. But you know, like you said, the important part of this feast, and I said it last night at church when I spoke. Oh, you know, whether we make a dollar or a million dollars, and we love the food and the rides and the games and all that, but none of this would have happened without St. Gennaro. Yep. It's St. Gennaro. He's got to be the principal part of the feast, and for years we lost that, and we're bringing it back more and more. Uh, it was great that we had you know, the Monsignors and the priests marching with us last yeah. night, and also we had uh, 10 nuns from East Harlem, from the Sisters of Life. Really? That marched with us. Wow. And it, it really showed, well, my goal is to try to get Italians to come back to that mass yeah. and actually march with us with candles like they used to do. Yeah. That's the goal I have, and I'm hoping to get that done uh, because you're right, the procession you got, is We got you part. back on that, John. There's yeah. nothing that Pat, Pat, yeah. I'm Pat. John and Pat. <laughs> there's nothing more than John and Pat enjoy more than that. And, we, yeah. and that's sincere because... And I also think something, authenticity attracts people. Yes. And, and it attracts them for the right reasons. Yeah. yeah. Now, the good news also is uh, one of our members, 
of the society was the son of the president of the St. Anthony Society down here. And he came to me. They want to bring that back. Oh, oh they do. Oh, that That's makes Jerry's so son. Happy. They're from yeah. no, it's not Jerry's son. No, it's Joe DiPaolo's son. Oh, wow. wow. And he's been speaking to all the kids of those, family, of those, those founders. Yeah. And they all want to bring it back now. So we're going to start next year as a parade and then break it that into a feast. That makes me so happy. To bring St. Anthony back. You know, when I first met my wife, we were living in Brooklyn still, I think. And we came into the neighborhood for a night for dinner and the Feast of St. Anthony. And it was, I think, the last year maybe that it was up. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it was just like a block, maybe a couple of right, vendors. Was, yeah. and But the saint was out there. Right. And a few guys manning the saint. We went, we made a donation, we said a prayer, and then it was gone. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, I'm really hitting that point in my life because I knew I was going to marry my wife, you know, to two dates. And I thought, here Aww. I am. No, I did. I really do. You know that. I mean, I said to myself, here I am beginning this new chapter in my life. And this old chapter is closing, you know, and there's not this is not coming back. And I don't know why I've always had this um, affection for that, you know, mm-hmm. just because we got to experience it together. This little fleeting piece of Italian-American history. So the idea that it comes back is well, anything we can do to help. First of all, you know that. And I mean, I have to say. A lot of credit to Pat and some of the wonderful people that he has brought to our show or met through our show. There's like five or six, maybe even 10 feasts around the country that have been reborn based on the conversations we have here on the podcast. So Mm -hmm. that would be an awesome area for us to lend a hand and especially being here now in the neighborhood, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm going to tell you when, uh, when I got engaged, uh, you know, we next to St. Janow, of course, is St. Anthony for me and for my wife. And I put the engagement ring on the finger of St. Anthony. Wow. And we're in church because at the time we were taking pictures for Little Italy and of the church. So I told her, we got to go to church. I got to take some pictures. So now we go by St. Anthony and I looked at her and I said, what's that over there? Aww. And that's how I got engaged. Aww. That's awesome. That's that how I beautiful. got engaged. Well, I wish I would have done that. I did it on the couch. Nicole still never lets me live that down. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was so nervous looking for a romantic. I had a ring in my pocket for a month. And finally, her dad called me and goes, aren't you getting engaged? I said, oh, I got to do it today. So I just sat on the couch. She thought I was mad. I said, you, we got to talk. This. Yeah, I said, we, <laughs> we got to talk about something. I mean, the best I had asked my father-in-law for permission. Of course. And now I'm going, hama, 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 hama. I but, met my father-in-law's my doctor. Yeah. So I wanted to ask for permission, but we're always in the house together. So I had to go make an excuse. So I asked him to give me a, a vitamin booster shot, a B12 shot. <laughs> and I don't like needles. So he thought, this is weird. So he takes me downstairs. I'm all nervous. He thought I was nervous about the needle. And I said, listen, Pop, I got to talk to you. And so I asked him. He was so happy. And then he gave me the shot and uh, we went upstairs. But, yeah, that was a big. John ever divorced Nicole? Coffee he bed. would keep the in-laws I have in, the best in the in-laws in the you world. You got the best in-laws. I do too. You hit yeah. the you hit the you hit the gold standard of in-laws. You marry your family. They're nice. You family. really do. Well, you see, I married my wife, who was born over here. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, my family knew her family, and it was a you know, and uh, as a matter of fact, the only reason I started going out with my wife was we were with a crew. You know, we stayed on the corner of uh, Hester and Mulberry, which we used to call BS Corner. <laughs> That's where we hung out. And it was the summertime. I just broke up with a girl. And uh, me and my wife were the only two that weren't with anybody. So I said, ah, for the summer, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) 47 years later. Wow. Wow. God bless you. Must have been a good summer. Yeah, it was a good summer. So you're going to celebrate your 50th anniversary, God willing, the same time we celebrate 100 years of San Gennaro. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Look at that. Wow. You know what I, I want for the 100th anniversary? What? I'm asking for it now. In front, of, <laughs> in front of everybody, you can't deny it. Um, we met this guy Jojo in yeah. Boston um, in the spring when we went to we went to the North End. John wasn't with oh, us. Oh yeah, yeah. Was, uh, he is an artist that you know the old bandstands. Yeah, those old huge beautiful bandstands. He knows how to make them. I would love for the hundredth anniversary. I actually got the pictures, John. I came loaded today. <laughs> okay. I want. We got. Three years? How many yeah, years we got? Years. We got three years to do this. I would love to. John do will do it by hand because okay. he's that good. He'll be there with the tin foil. You know it who we could stunning. get? We could get the Prosepio guy to help. Yeah, that's from true. Brooklyn. Okay. Why not? He'd I would to. love to do it, but here's the problem: <gasps> the city, the city. Yeah, that's why we don't have a chapel up anymore like we used to do. Yeah, because the city three years ago decided 
that that was dangerous and we need a building permit. Oh, mamma mia. So we, we actually had to hire an architect and engineer <sighs> Let's to do design it. this Let's chapel that we've had for over close to 100 years that never fell <laughs> during hurricanes and everything else. And even after we got the specs and everything done, we put it up from the guy who's been putting it up for almost 100 years. The city came during the feast and said, no, this is too dangerous. Uh, you have to take it down. I said, look, I'm going to tell you right now. Give us the fine. We are not taking this down. Good for you. I said, there's no way we're taking this chapel down this year in the middle of the feast. That's insane. Oh, the best they said also, if we get, a, if we get bad weather, the chapel has to come down. This is the city what, what that we're we dealing with. This yeah. is New York, folks. And New York is that's why this we have York. that bandstand where you don't need a permit for it. But the city just drove us crazy and insane and... Uh, it was ridiculous. I it's mean, okay. Pat will pay the fine this year. No, we'll go. We'll yeah. go. John, we got the joints. Yeah. I, I, I really, really believe in this. Yeah. And we need to sit down with this, with whoever the city people are. Yeah, we also want to redesign our lights for the 100. Yeah. Uh, we, we're really looking to do something nice for the 100th anniversary. What I would love to do is put the old-fashioned lights back up. She does those. Rose, Rose Dad. How would the her. old lights? Oh, How that's, the old lights? They didn't have the streamers. They were just wires and oh, lights and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really gave it an old-time look. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know. Vito would love that. The original, <laughs> the original chapel that we used to have over by Cafe Napoli was four stories. Wow. wow. And it had two saints on the top. It was really be- a beautiful chapel, wow. uh, and uh, they don't even have it anymore because nobody uses it. Wow. But that, that was a chapel of chapels. Yeah. Well, it's the Feast of All Feasts, right? Yeah. I mean, the, if you look at old pictures of the Feast of San Gennaro, because I'm constantly searching for mm-hmm. stuff, and, and you see the grandeur of it. You know, right. you, Pat said, like, people expect the parody of the Godfather, but the truth be told, like, the, that scene in Godfather 2 where they're walking the feast in this neighborhood, there's a certain grandeur to it that's right. absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's interesting to come and like we you know we did the parade and when you get down towards the end of the route closer to the basilica, the old yeah. cathedral St. Patrick's, you know, a lot of the vendors are not Italian American anymore and obviously mm-hmm. the businesses down there aren't. And you realize that over the 97 years this has gone from a very localized celebration, obviously a big one, to something that Somewhere along the line became, I think, psychologically the possession of the entire city, right? Because everybody comes to the feast, mm-hmm. no matter what nationality you are. It's, it's a destination, which is great. But I love the idea that there's effort being put to just bring it a little bit back to the uniqueness that's ours. You know what I mean? And, and really celebrate its heritage because we've got a great heritage. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I blame the change in mentality because a lot of Italian parishes, not down here, but around the country, uh, usurp these feasts and yeah. turn them into parish fundraisers. Yes. They are not. They are supposed to, even at, at the end, they are not fundraisers. They are not supposed to make. And I've told this to a lot of people. We have to give money to charity. Why would people come? It's a party. Yeah. It's a celebration. And if you left with a dollar fifty at the end, mm-hmm. you have to spend $100,000. That means right. you threw a great party. Well, and that's to, what we should not be doing. to embarrass them here on the air, but like you know, I was my blown away. I don't remember the first time when you came in the order, John, and the Fili di San Gennaro made a donation to the Constantinian Order at the end of this. And I thought to myself, any other group, you know, people always talk about Little Italy and these the Feast of San Gennaro and oh, all this money comes in, but this is an expensive operation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you could put money away for a rainy day and you know sit on it. But you guys give it out, yeah. and, and you gave it to us. You gave us a substantial amount for our work with the Catholic schools and, and fixing some of the churches and stuff. And I was always really taken by the generosity of the Fili di San Gennaro because yeah. you do as much as you can to a lot of places. Yeah, we you, you, we, you know, we are a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, right. but the money that is left over does go to charities, different charities, uh, you know, and uh, again, we're hoping we're going to have money left. This year, we're hoping to have enough money 
to give to Precious Blood, the church. They need it. Uh, we have a new pastor who really is pretty good, and uh, he sounds like he wants to do the right thing. So we're going to, he's on trial right now, but we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But what, did, uh, what, did, what was it, George Bush, trust but verify? <laughs> right, yeah. But, you know, it's amazing because when this feast started in 26, it was a block party. Yeah. It was a one-block block party with St. Gennaro. And my, uh, my great-grandfather was one of the founders. He was the first president wow. of the feast. And then it started growing into what we have today. But when I was a kid, it was only five days. Really? Yeah, it was five days. It was Thursday to Sunday. And now it's 11 days. But, um, you know, and we get occasional complaints from people that live around here, the new people. And my response to them is, where'd you come from? And when they <laughs> tell me where they came from, you didn't know that in September was the Feast of St. Gennaro. Why'd you move here? What do they complain <laughs> yeah. about? Are they like, yeah. oh, you know, it's yeah. really too loud. Yeah. My, yeah. I mean, if, my you if, if you don't like parades, if you don't like parades, you don't move to Fifth Avenue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so, right. So, you know, and... Uh, deal with it. Yeah. yeah. So deal with it. We have one guy that's been driving us totally nuts. At 10 o'clock, he puts a sound meter out. <laughs> and uh, now he threatened, this is the best... Uh, he he's threatening you? <laughs> he threatened he's going to sue us. He's going to do a class action lawsuit for discrimination against us. What? So I said, have fun. Yeah, come Talk on. to our lawyer. Leave us alone. Because they have us. no respect for Italian Americans. No, they don't. But it's it's not we're, not the, we're, the, we're, the, yeah. we're, we're the last acceptable prejudice with these people. Well, so same thing in yeah. Julio. The feast is discriminating against him? Against him. I don't know how. Oh, he has to work from home, too. Oh, oh mamma mia. So, you know, give me a break. People stink. Like, people <laughs> no, yes. But people don't understand that years ago, people were just as noisy. Yeah. But the people whose houses affronted the feast, that was like their contribution. Yes. I'm not going to be able to sleep. But you know what I can't stand about these people when they move into New York? They come in and they're like, oh, I want to. Like they, they left suburbia in no man's land, right? <laughs> to come in here and they, they, they're great at articulating things that they really don't feel, right? The, the virtual signaling. Oh, I came in here because I wanted to feel like a community. No, you didn't come in here like I feel like a community. You came in here to get things your way. Because yeah, in a community, right. you got to move and share and, yeah. and you got to go, you know, you got to move with people and you want everything all the time your way. If you ask the cab drivers here, they'll say they're very polite until they don't get what they want. Yeah. And then they flip out. Sure. People so talk see about, them in traffic. They, and they, like, I, you're I moved to New York for the yeah. culture and the multiculturalism. Yeah. It's like, well, this is our culture and this is a part of the fabric of New York and this is our tile in the mosaic. And But that offends me. So change yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, we respect our neighbors around sure. here. I mean, years ago, the feast used to go into one in the morning with the music yeah. blaring, and now we shut it off at 10. Yeah. And that was the agreement we made with the community board, that the music gets shut off at 10. I mean, sometimes we have to go to every stand yelling at them to shut it. Sure. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it, we made that compromise, and, uh, you know, we pick up their guy, you know, Sanitation, they'll pick up the garbage during the feast. We do it. Yeah. Wow. And the city saves a lot of money with that. I can believe it, yeah. So, uh, but, and again, if a resident has a problem, they know to call us, and we'll work with them to help them. But this, you get some people that are just very angry, and, yeah. uh, you know, they just don't like it. But When uh, these people leave your suburbs in middle America, you should throw parties. Who is it, Chesterton, that said, in America, they have a holiday to celebrate when the pilgrims arrived, aka Thanksgiving. He goes, in England, we should have a pil we should have a holiday for when they left. <laughs> well, you know, it's like about eight years ago, we had a fight to save the feast because uh, the the new places, the boutiques north of Kemmer Street, wanted to stop the feast over there. Yeah, and we told them no way. You know, we and we had battles with them. We had a protest, uh, and we believe it or not. We had people from all over New York that came to support the feast. Yeah. And finally, we told them, they were claiming they weren't making money. And I looked at them and I said, how could you not make money with thousands of people walking past your, your store? Yeah. That means what you're selling, don't sell around here. <laughs> That's right, yeah. You're in the wrong neighborhood. The Go wrong back place. to Soho. You yeah. know? <laughs> and lo and behold, most of them did close up. Yeah. And now we have a oh, lot of the vendors. They closed <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> now we have a lot of the stores that are part of the feast at, at that end. Uh, what hurt us the last few years was this, this sidewalk restaurant yeah. program of the city yeah. where they get the spot for free. And 
you know, the neighborhood restaurants know to pay the vendor fee, and we even give them a 50% discount. But some of the restaurants at the North End, this year we only have two, believe it or not, that didn't want to pay the fee because they get it for free. Right. But we told them that come November, your stands are coming down. Good. And next year, we're going to remember you. We're going to put a big trailer in front of your restaurant (laughs) for what you did to us. Because they're making a lot of money in the feast. And they just don't want to pay the vendor fee. These people who like pick fights with the with the San Gennaro Society, uh, this is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's funny, San Gennaro. Something about San Gennaro, like you know, we've been active for a couple of years on trying to make sure the church is always around because yeah. as other Italian parishes have closed down here, and there was a lot of them because every part of Italy, you know, the Genovese had a church, the Sicilians had a church. Right. Now most of the saint societies, the feasts, the processions, like San Rocco. They come out of Precious Blood, which right. was always the yeah. in National Shrine of San Gennaro. It's the only one in the country. So we made all this effort. And, you know, Pat and I and John, we've been on this committee to really fight for the church. And thank God it sounds like the new priest is really open. But I was always impressed by the fact that there was one point where the Archdiocese of New York sent out a very last minute memo saying a meeting to be held at Precious Blood. And we all knew that, that what mm. that meeting was going to be. Right. That was the, the guillotine started to shake. <laughs> And we posted all throughout all the social media. And, yeah. and I'm proud of this podcast because we posted come to say we sounded the alarm. We sounded like the Paul alarm. Revere, that's yeah. right. And, you know, <laughs> Italian people don't get credit because a lot of times if we're not really moved, we're not going to show up for a protest. Right. right. We're not a protesting people. But for San Gennaro and this feast, we had so many people on their way down here that they actually the archdiocese canceled the and meeting. never rescheduled the meeting. I think we scared the heck out yeah. of them because we had an army of people. Who, you, yeah. you just don't touch St. Gennaro. That's important. They said they didn't need to come to a meeting where you're going to have a lot of crazy Italians yelling and screaming. Well, anytime you want to have <laughs> a meeting, home. that's what you're going to have. Yeah. Stay, stay uptown because we got plenty of crazy Italians <laughs> ready to defend our saint because it's the, yeah. it is the feast of all feasts. This is the yeah, it's funny, but uh, years ago when the uh, church decided they were going to push some of the saints out. St. Gennaro was one of the ones they were going to take off the what? calendar. And uh, lo and behold, it came back on. It, it never was taken off. You oh, can't you know un- when they changed the church? Yeah, they, they, they the took St. Christopher yeah, of off. Yeah, they took absolutely. all those that, saints that, off. That's why I go the old man. You can't unsaint like, oh, the was, saints. That was no, we had, we had a comedian. Gennaro. We had a neighborhood comedian back then. He passed away, Lou Carey. And oh, he did, yeah. And he did a skit, and he, and he said, yeah. The people in Rome thought they were smart. They were going to take St. Gennaro off the calendar. But the people from Mulberry Street went to Rome and spoke to the Pope. <laughs> They're not wrong. You know, he was a great comedian. I have some he was of his good, records, yeah. actually. Yeah, he was very good. Yeah. Was he from this neighborhood? Was he No, from he here? used to come around here. He was from Brooklyn, I think. Wow, he Wait, was Patrick, yes. for the people that don't know out in podcast land, why don't you tell the story of what San Gennaro actually did for Napoli? San Gennaro was, he was a bishop in Benevento and he was martyred. He's a martyred bishop. Yeah. See, um, if you're Jewish, you understand this. If you see, like, um, Hasidic Jews have their own ambulance corps, right? Because, right, because if there's a car accident, even if someone's dead, they have to go with sponges and take all the blood. Because with, with mm-hmm. the Jews, uh, life comes from blood. Blood is very important, right? So even when someone dies, they have to bury the body and they have to bury the blood. So Christianity, you have to remember the first Christian communities in Italy a lot of them were an intermixed community of Jews because we had Jews in Italy, right. we had Jews in Rome and everywhere else. Naples had a Jewish community. Um, I, even in Sorrento, we, we probably had a, a Jewish community. Mm-hmm. So when Christianity came, it came first through the Jews because right. Christianity really was a, a split in, on, a, on the question of who's the Messiah. So the, the Jewish concept that blood is precious, mm-hmm. is, a, is part of life, transferred into Christianity. That's why we never had cremation. It was always the body had to be buried in its integrity. So when San Gennaro was martyred, there was a woman, I think her name was, I can't remember what the woman's name was. I think we know who the woman was when he was beheaded in Pozzuoli, where we know he was beheaded in Pozzuoli. That's where Sofia Loren is from, right outside of Naples. She came, and when they buried San Gennaro's relics, she sucked up with the sponge his blood that was left on the chopping block so that everything could be buried together. His head, his body, and his blood would be buried together. When Christianity became legalized, the Roman Empire, 312, the Edict of Milan. Um, a lot of places, remember, they had these memories of these martyrs or people who died for the faith when Christianity was, was persecuted. They took the relics of San Gennaro to move them into a church, and the, the blood of San Gennaro liquefied. The, the um, blood that had been congealed yeah. glass in these glass containers 
had liquefied. It's the same way that a lot of saints, when they dug them up, they were, their bodies were still intact. So that's how Sanjanat has the connection with blood. But they say he was born in Calabria. I don't know. Yeah, now, I wait, always but, name of, forget the name of the town. With the volcano, it's a... Well, Naples, Naples adopted San Gennata, even though he wasn't a bishop of Naples. I'm pretty sure it was just Bishop of Benevento. Agrippino was the first bishop of Naples. And the diocese in Naples was founded by St. Peter the Apostle. Because when St. Peter and Paul were on their way to Rome, they started Christian communities that converted people all up the Italian peninsula, right? Piano di Sorrento, we have a strong tradition that St. Peter converted Sorrento, right? Because there were Jews there. There was a Jewish community that sold citron. What's, is that the... What, citron, that they, yeah. Citron that they use for... Chedra, uh, yeah. Ch- but that's the... They use that for um, the... the For Sukkot, for the... Uh, yeah. pan, for the Feast of the Tabernacle, yes. right? So there was a Jewish community there. They were converting um, Jews and pagan Romans into Christianity. And um, St. Peter and Paul were heading up to Rome. And when they were heading up to Rome, St. Peter consecrated Agrippino, Agrippinus in Latin, as the Bishop of Naples. So Naples has a diocese that goes back to apostolic times. Wow. So the people in Naples, what happened was, I think a lot of people, especially people who were not raised Catholic, the saints have such an important impact on Italian culture because you have to remember, for the first 300 years of Christianity, everybody was killed. Right. So if you were a Christian and, and you didn't denounce your Christianity in periods of intense persecution, you were dead. Yeah, right? right. So, I mean, imagine saying, okay, we're going to, um, all you have to do is burn a little bit of incense to this Roman God and we're going to leave you alone. Because the Romans didn't have a problem with Jesus Christ as a God because they adopted other people's gods. Mm-hmm. They had a problem with you saying he's the only God, right? right? right. So whole families were, right? St. Bacchus, right? St. Bacchus and his whole family were martyred in Sorrento. Wow. Him, his wife, and his kids said, we will not renounce our uh, faith in Jesus Christ. We will not burn... Uh, incense, and everything was under Nero. We were not burning incense to the Roman gods, and the whole family was wiped out. So as these memories, the same way we have in America, we have a strong uh, veneration for the people who died in war. Right? Right. So we do for veterans in general in America, but especially those who never came home. The people of Italy had the same veneration for those who had died to preserve Christianity. So as soon as Christianity was legalized, they took their, where they used to celebrate mass over the tombs of the martyrs, right, in the catacombs, they took their remains out of the catacombs, buried catacombs, and brought them into the churches to celebrate these people. And they mm-hmm. still continue to say mass over the remains of the martyrs the same way they had in the catacombs. Right. And San Gennad, and all of Italy, they have different saints that they venerate. But in Naples, it was the principal guy was San Gennad who had been a bishop martyred in Pozzuolo. And every year, those amiples of blood, there's two of them, right? Mm-hmm. They've been there forever. They liquefy three times a year. Three times, three times the, a year. Uh, primarily the feast day, yeah. September 9th. But day, they, and, and December 17th, I think. I don't know. December, December 17th and the and first Sunday, Sunday in, in May. May. Because and, Naples was always living on the edge of a knife with that volcano. Mm-hmm. And throughout history, in the years that it ha- the blood has not liquefied, something unfortunately bad something bad has happened. Yeah. I believe in 19... So Naples had a really bad eruption in 1943. Like yes. In the middle of the war, like September, like the worst possible time to have an eruption. Yeah. And they took, I know they took the statue, I don't know, I think they took the relics of San Gennad as the, as the lava was heading toward Naples. I think it was going to toward the Greco. And it basically stopped at the foot of the right. procession. Yeah. It just stopped, right? So San Gennad came uh, as the lava's coming down and they, they brought the procession there and it stopped. Now, if you don't believe, you could just think this is interesting. And if you do believe, you have a source for it. But that is the fact. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the Neapolitans have a strong devotion to San Gennad. And it's come here. Yeah. And we have the church of most precious blood and yeah. this wonderful shrine. Now, the precious blood, some people make this mistake. This is when I go into nerd mode. Yeah, it's not the blood <laughs> of San Gennaro. It's not the blood of San Gennaro. There was a devotion. A French priest had a devotion to the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. That was the title of this devotion. And when the revolutions of 1848 were tearing Europe apart, and the papal states were affected by this. Pope Pius IX had made a vow, and he said to God, I, I will spread devotion to the most precious blood of your son if you can save the papal states. And when the papal states were saved, he went on a campaign of promoting devotion to the most precious blood. So when precious blood parish was founded down here, it was not after the blood of San Gennaro. No, it was right. named for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Right. And a lot of people make that mistake that they confound, they confuse yeah. that. But that was just a coincidence that the church that becomes the national shrine of San Gennaro is also a church named for the precious blood of Jesus. Two blood incidents not connected. 
But it is the only shrine of Sanjanaro yes. in the yeah, United States. Yeah, it's the States. official one. I mean, there's other Sanjanat... There's chapels and... There's, right. there's two kinds of Sanjanat feasts. There's the real ones, and then there's the... Uh, um, I want to have an Italian festival. So I'm going to call it Sanjanat. And there's nothing I'm more against than that. I mean, yeah. Because you can't rent Sanjanat out like, uh, you know, like this is Mickey Mouse for your right. kid's third birthday. Right. You can't do that. <laughs> but... Um, Chicago had an actual feast of Sanjana because there were Neapolitans in Chicago, right? right? And that was on Taylor Street. I, we've talked to Marty Cavi on those stuff. That was there for a long time. Um, in Nutley, New Jersey, there was a strong devotion to Sanjana with a feast and procession because I always mess up the name of the town in Calabria. There's a town in Vivo Valencia in Calabria. So yeah. they claim that Sanjana was born there. He moved to Benevento. He became the bishop in Benevento, but he's from that town in Calabria. Mm. So in Holy Family Church in Nutley, there is a statue of San Gennaro because that's a real organic devotion they had to them at the feast. Um, there's so many around the country now. I don't know what's legit in the sense of it's a real devotion to mm. San Gennaro and how many inflate Mickey Mouse for a party. But that's you know, the I, 411 on the whole situation. I was really taken this year. I was chatting with some of the guys on the float as we were getting ready for the parade. And, you know, in the procession, you know, the, when you go to the chapel at here outside, uh, the statue of San Gennaro is a is a, a polychrome wooden statue. It's my favorite. I, I think it's one of the most beautiful statues in all of Italian America. I really, really just every time I see it, I move the old light fixtures. I they've got to be uh, ancient as well. Those mm-hmm. light fixtures, uh, angels and stuff. But when the statue is processed, it's a gorgeous silver and gold yeah. bust based on the one in Naples. And uh, I think Mike pointed out to me the bust of San Gennaro in silver and gold was donated to the church into the Fili di San Gennaro. No, it was donated to St. Gennaro, the Society the Society, yes, yeah, so that's, that's right. Yeah. Let's not let the church think yeah. that it's theirs, right? It was donated so, to the yeah, Society correct, yeah. in 1946 by the city of Naples, or the people yeah. of Naples after that's the right. war. Yeah. It is, and there's a beautiful inscription on the back, yeah. and you know, you think about that connectivity lasting so long. Even today, you know, people come from the city of Naples, they come here, they seek it out, they understand that this devotion goes deep, deep, deep both here and in Naples. And, uh, you know, like Pat says, you could, you could start a new Italian feast and call it San Gennaro, but there's really nothing like this yeah. here with the National Shrine, here with the organization has been doing it for almost 100 years. Yeah. And I just couldn't be happier that we've become an, an honorary part of this. And uh, I'm just looking forward to a lot of wonderful things do, in the do, future. Do you know what I would love to see? This become a UNESCO world. It should be. Are you not, is that heritage? How, how is that? It, it, a tradition would be a UNESCO intangible something. It's not yeah, a you world know heritage. So, yeah, I, think, I think that the Feast of San Gennaro in New York should be a UNESCO. Yeah. And then when they want to take down the bandstand. Then you talk then, to them. Right. You're all, yeah, you got you're uni- all kind of <laughs> with I'm it. UNESCO. We're, we're just the cafona <laughs> yeah. down the street. But guess what? UNESCO doesn't think so. You're absolutely right. It really is. It's that. Because I'm campaigning for that band. I, because as, as we're taping here, I was flipping through. I found the picture. <laughs> this band, we're going to City Hall, me and him, I'm sure. We're going to be on a march to get this bandstand back. But, John, thank you for coming and spending oh, time welcome. with us. And That's thank you great for being here. Yeah, I'm, uh, I cannot and wait. seeing my friend Pat, I mean, after all, you know. Yeah, but my, my brother over my here. My brother, yes. <laughs> you look yes. forward to Everybody I looks do. forward to when he comes. Well, I, I missed an event in Chicago last week, and somebody wrote me and said, you know, sorry we missed you. I was so happy to have Pat. And I said, you definitely got the better end of the deal. Oh, Pat, can Pat I say something? I, came, I want to make a public confession. John is the smartest person I know. Because John was on the money with this studio. Thank you. Again. And I think we should come back here next Tuesday and tape. It's going to be... What? We're going to have construction crews. Did you hear the construction... <laughs> did you, wait, did you hear him say he <laughs> wants to come yeah, yeah, Hold on. There's no one who confesses to being wrong That's as true. quickly as I do. You do. You turn. You're good about but that. Can't we have a, a cubby hole? Maybe. I got. I could ask. I mean, if, you, if you're in the audience now, you probably heard throughout there's construction going on because through the, the wall right next to where we are is also probably going to open around the same time a beautiful new three-story Italian-American Museum Dr. Schultz has been working on for There's decades. nobody down here who can give us temporary space in the back of yeah, a restaurant. Yeah, we can find, yeah, got, yeah, we can find something. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I am so blown away because I get it now. See, I never got it because I got to drive here. Got to, we got something on the Uber, so I can't complain about that. <laughs> but I got to drive here, sit here. But I don't have to park, yeah. which was my number one concern, yeah. right? And I'll have to drive because you get all aggravated driving in here. And there's an electricity on the street of being in New York. This is why you go to a city. 
and we have the window here, and then you can come and make funny faces at us. There's a lot of stuff you can do. <laughs> I bring you cookies. We yeah. try to make cookies. it very comfortable. I for think. You. Oh, I think if we get an express, and I can bring the portable express machine. Yes. I have, I think I'm here next Tuesday. Let's do it. Let's find uh, somebody. I love it. I. Uh, I, I was wrong, but I'm happy to say I was wrong. You understand? Nothing I enjoy because I am a whirlwind in negativity. <laughs> I always see the worst in every situation. You are Mr. It's, cranky Pants. It, is, they, they it is darkest always before it gets even darker. <laughs> and when I am proven wrong, it gives me faith that it's going to be bad, but not as bad as I had anticipated. <laughs> so with that being said, I say, John, you are the bright. John, John always talks about following my star. I follow his star Thank because you. I don't question. Thank John you. told me to come in here. Come into Macy's window, and I'm in Macy's window, <laughs> and I th I think this I get it now. I get the only it. thing missing here is Manhattan Special. Yes, we got to get it. Well, on tap. We're working on that. I want a Manhattan Special vending machine in here. I want to be the first Manhattan <laughs> wow. Special vending because I've never seen one. But you know, I, I think I've been looking on eBay for an old Coke machine that I could recommission and uh, rebrand. <laughs> we can do it. Could you imagine Manhattan Special coming right out of that machine? John oh, that'd be great. is the mm -hmm. Italian Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> if he can dream it, he could do, he could do it. You know, we're gonna do, do the it. best we can. I, yeah. You know, there is an energy to being in this building, in this corner, and it's only gotten better. And between us and growing up Italian and all of the different people and entities and organizations that we've worked with, I just think, you know, we talk about Italian America all the time. We hopefully contribute something to the neighborhood with what we do, but we take a lot out of it. And, right. and it inspires you because it's, it's, it's a lot different than sitting We're glad Zoom. to have you here. We couldn't be happier. Yep. Right here from the crossroads of Italian America and the Feast of All Feasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. See that you're born in Italiano, 